Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Your Transformation Journey. And today our guest is Anne Peoria. And I messed it up. I knew I would. But she is actually here because she, it's actually a timely podcast. Mm. We're going to be talking about how to overcome overeating, how she overcame her own eating, food, weight, and body image challenges, and drawing upon the close to four decades of experiences. Anne has put pen to paper and wrote the book, The Body Joyful, My Journey from Self-Loathing to Self-Acceptance to share her highly personal and life-changing journey. Anne is a certified intuitive eating counselor, and I love that you're intuitive because there's a little bit more to that than just a regular eating coach, Mm -hmm. body confidence coach, self-talk trainer, and eating disorder specialist. So, Anne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Like I said, it's going to be timely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I, I greatly appreciate it. You are welcome. And the reasons I say is timely because number one, we're starting to get out of the holidays. Mm-hmm. And people are so hard on themselves. Yeah. But before we really get to diving into that, how did you get started in doing what you're doing? Because you're talking about how you overcame your own eating, your own food intake, your weight. How did that get you started in doing what you're doing now? Well, it started really early, you know, not fitting in as a child and really growing up with certain beliefs about who I was and that I wasn't the right size or the right weight. And I didn't look like the other kids and I wasn't like the other kids. And um, there were just a series of circumstances that placed kind of these seeds in my brain of self-talk that I don't, I'm not worth it. I'm not fitting in. I can't fit in. I don't fit into the right clothes that the kids are wearing. Um, The doctor tells my mom, you know, you better watch your weight. And, and so all of a sudden there's restriction at home and a series of different things like that. And so basically I ended up with an eating disorder at 12 years old in, in the seventies. Mm-hmm. And, so, and that, you know, that was before it was really even prevalent. Yeah. And, um, and that just spun me out on a direction of disordered behavior and disordered, a disordered relationship with both food and my body and exercise, all of it. So it was um, 40 years of being an exercise instructor and always trying to, to fit in and trying to look the certain part and always going on diets and off diets and binge eating and then compulsive exercise and on and on and on. And you say it's a, it's a good time because we're flooded with that kind of information right now. This is the time of year that people are beating themselves up and Mm -hmm. making resolutions. And that's, that's really hard because we know that resolutions don't always work either. You know, the majority of those last a couple of weeks and that's it. And then you're beating yourself up even more. So Yes, exactly. And um, I think I was actually, I'm either actually writing a blog on it right now, but my mind was going to where 
you know, we are doing these things to change our eating habits and we change our goals and we do all of these things, which in reality, January should be a time of introspection instead of saying, okay, I was bad through the holidays. So I ate all of this chocolate and, you know, I ate all these quote unquote bad things when in reality, none of it's really bad. We just <laughs> put that bad label on it. And that is where I think we have a tendency to fail because we put those labels on these things and saying, you know, I overate, so now I must punish myself or, you know, I did this. So now I'm going to punish myself. Now I'm going to go run for three hours or I'm going to go do this or I'm going to go do that or I am going to deny myself stuff. And I find it interesting that we have a tendency to punish ourselves Mm-hmm. instead of taking care of ourselves. Absolutely. And you're right on. Instead of being compassionate to self and curious and non-judgmental, we're beating ourselves up with harsh voices and harsh words and punishment, as you say. And that's what's different, I think, about intuitive eating and yeah. intuitive movement. I mean, intuitive everything, right? Can we tune into our bodies and into ourselves rather than looking for something external outside of ourselves to quote unquote fix us, yeah. right? <laughs> and exactly. And we, we don't need fixing. <laughs> no, we don't. And I think that's one thing that you know I was talking about today in the live is you know I was really taken of you know really sitting here thinking because there's a person I follow, and they were talking about January should honestly be not so much about setting goals it really should be taking what was you've done in the last year taking the negative putting that aside and then bring in the higher vibration energy that's going to go with you into this new year and really give yourself time instead of saying okay now let's go hit the gym when you know it's not going to work because you've done it before you failed before but you're still going to do the same thing And it's crazy how we do that. I know. Over and over again. It's that treadmill continuing to go over and over. And it's it's interesting you say that too, because I just have written a series of blogs and and, and your listeners can find them right on my website for the past three weeks. It's looking back 10 questions to ask yourself for this past year. And then what three words, what, what might you want to walk into this next year with. And then I do something called a destination postcard where we actually look at next year and we pretend we write a letter in present tense at the end of the year um, as if it's December 31st, 2022. And these are all the wonderful things that I did this year. And this is what I experienced. And it allows exactly what you're saying, this different vibration to come in and you can walk into this next year with a different outlook and, and a different perspective on yeah. yourself, on your body, on food, on eating, on all of those things is that little mini shift can make yeah. such a big difference in, all, in everything. Mm. Yeah. I know as you were talking about that, I was sitting here thinking about one of my favorite authors from long, long ago. His name is Neville Goddard. And as soon as you started talking about the postcard effect and 
writing down and feeling how you're feeling throughout the year. And his is called feel as if. So you're living in the future. You're already there. You're feeling as if. So what do you feel like now that you've lost the weight or you're healthier or you're more mobile, whatever your goals are to get healthier this year. And that's what that brings me in mind of is living in that now moment, living in that future and seeing that future and feeling that future. I think one of the struggles that I've seen, and this includes myself, is we have a tendency to tap down our feelings and we keep pushing them down because, oh, you know, God forbid we feel something and, oh, we don't want to feel it. So I'm going to go eat that, whatever it is I want to eat. And instead of really reflecting, okay, why am I wanting to eat right now? And why is it that I'm really wanting that big piece of chocolate cake or fudge or mac and cheese, whatever your comfort food is of the moment. And Mm -hmm. instead of really asking ourselves, okay, why are we really wanting to do that? Yeah. There's something that I think is really, it's helped me a lot in my own journey around food and eating to realize that food, when we eat food, it puts our bodies into um, what they call rest and digest, you know, our parasympathetic nervous system. So it, it does, it actually works physiologically to calm us down, to de-stress us, to release some of that stress and anxiety and minimize the feelings of uncomfort that we don't want to feel. And once I learn that, you know, you're able to say, well, it's no wonder I would turn to food. And now what can I do instead? How can I, um, I call them speed bumps. I create, you know, how can we create a speed bump before you go into that kitchen and looking for that particular food? You know, what else might, what do you really need? What's the the need as opposed to um, the numbing fix? or the fix that's just going to take you away from whatever it is that you don't want to feel, yeah. you know, allowing yourself to call a friend or vent or, you know, take a shower or whatever it is that you might need. Take a nap for that matter. You know, are you tired? And sometimes yeah. we're hungry, right? So if we're hungry, yeah. then, you know, have some food, but it's, it's those stressors that draw us to food because we're uncomfortable and we don't want to feel. And it's learning that, um, that nuance of how can I slow that response time down a little bit so that I can use other tools in between. Exactly. I think for me, a lot of it has to do with my Southern upbringing because, you know, I was born and raised in, you know, the Southern Baptist free will community. And if anybody that, goes to these churches no we love our food and we love to cook and having those homecomings or you know whatever reason it was to have all of these gatherings for food and I think a lot of it for some of us it's a cultural thing as too as well and learning how to separate maybe what we grew up in a culture to understanding, okay, maybe you can still have this good time with this food because I tell you what, I don't care if there's a really good homecoming and there's a lot of food, trust and believe 
I will be there because most of these women can cook. And it's for me, I think it was a comfort thing because when you do have those, most of the time you're having that food because it's comfort food. It's because it feels like that warm, fuzzy blanket when it's cold because it's getting ready to be cold here. I think Saturday our low was going to be like freaking nine degrees. Not ready for that. No, no, I wouldn't be there. Food, yeah, but food is just like that, that warm, fuzzy blanket for us, I think. Mm, absolutely. And I think if we can, if we can look at food differently, right, like you said in the beginning, there are no good and bad foods. It's the labels yeah. that we've put on them or that we've been taught to put on them, right? Yeah. We've been taught from our families or from our, um, our schooling or from our doctors, wherever it's come from that these are bad foods and these are good foods. And then as soon as you eat something that you think is bad, then there's a tendency to punish yourself or feel bad about yourself, which just kind of rolls into the restriction mode or the punishment mode um, or the who really cares mode. It doesn't matter anyway mode. And I might as well just eat mode, right? So it, it doesn't help either way. And with yeah. intuitive eating, it's that really that first principle is to say, there are no good and bad foods. And let's, yeah. let's just start to tune into our bodies. And yes, there might be some not so good foods for you because they, you might be allergic to them or they don't feel good in your body. And then there are other foods that people might say are bad foods, but if you deny them, the next thing you know, that's all you're going to want. So yes. there's all these things that we can really learn about ourselves and about food and our bodies that can make these choices less stressful and less guilt-ridden and less shameful around food, especially. Definitely. And I'm glad that you brought up the difference between, you know, maybe food allergies or what you're actually sensitive to. For me, I don't really have what you call true food allergies, but I do have food sensitivities. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that if I go back to poor, not so great eating habits, that my hives will start back up. And they have recently. And it's because I haven't made the greatest choices because I know what my body actually needs. And I'm going like, no, you know, I'm just going to disregard that and just go grab this really quickly. And now my body is telling me, hey, it's giving me those alarm signals because now I'm starting to break out in hives again. And I'm going like, oh, crap, it's caught yeah. up on me because I wasn't paying attention. I was going like, oh, let's just go grab this really quick so that I can keep doing whatever I'm doing. And. I think when we really get into intuitive eating to really pay attention to what your body is telling you mm -hmm. and really noticing, okay, maybe these foods aren't that great for me, then, you know, you can really start helping yourself and healing yourself. I don't know what your thoughts are, but I think if somebody is really, really in tune and really are changing their eating habits and are in tune with what they're eating, that their overall health starts improving because now you understand what your body is really asking for, what your body can actually have. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and it becomes a choice, right? We get to choose our food because we can say, okay, if, if I eat this food, um, it's going to be delicious. How will I feel during? I want to feel fabulous because it's great. How am yes. I going to feel after? Ugh, maybe not so much, or maybe I'll get, you know, that'll make me feel bloated. And so there's a choice that we can make. And once it's a choice rather than a should or a shouldn't or have to, or, you know, have or have not, it becomes more um, autonomous. So I'm choosing not to eat that right now because I don't want to feel like that later. And I can allow myself that kind of rational rationalization, or I can choose, you know what, I am going to have that now because, you know, I don't really get that that often, or it's that time of year or any of those kind of, um, I think this time of year, there's lots of different foods that yeah. um, we don't get all the time. So I think that's wonderful to have permission, give yourself permission to choose those if you so choose to, to do that. Yeah. So I, I agree, tuning into how we're responding to food. Yeah, exactly. Because I know for me, it's, it's took a long time to understand, you know, my body really honestly can't handle a lot of processed foods, mm -hmm. you know, and some of the holiday foods, <laughs> highly processed, mm -hmm. and we love it. But then, you know, learning how to take a step back, okay, you can still have those foods, still enjoy those foods, but realize you might have to do maybe something a little bit extra to help offset some of that, that you know that you're doing. Right. And I think for me, that's where my aha moment was because then I realized, okay, I can still have these foods and still enjoy the moment and still enjoy the holidays. Cause who doesn't love fudge? Cause that's like my favorite thing to freaking make. I'm really <laughs> good at it nice. and have that fudge, but know that, okay, you know, you have healthier options, but you don't feel guilty about it because you're going like, this is the holidays. And I think holidays for a lot of people. And now that I really think about it, that we're talking about it, there's just about a holiday. I think every quarter on the calendar where mm -hmm. it revolves around food. Absolutely. And celebration and getting together and all yeah. of those good feelings that go with it. Right. And it is about um, choosing the foods that you want to choose during any of those holidays. Right. And it's and I, I think about our food and our nutrition, if we can scope out of it, you know, like widen the lens and not look at any particular day as more nourishing or less nourishing. But can we yeah. look at the week? Can we look at the month? Oh, well, if I look at the month, you know, I I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. And that's kind of the way that allows us to be more intuitive around our eating. You know, have I been having some vegetables? I talk about just, you know, let's add some things. Sometimes I go, oh, I haven't had vegetables in like four days. I should probably have some vegetables, right? Because then my body starts to crave them too, right? So yeah. that's part of the, that's part of all of this is to be tuned into what is my, you know, what have I been having lately? And yep. what's going on with my body and why am I so tired all the time or any of those little things? Why am I craving foods all the time? Like that's another kind of sign that that our body's not being fed what it needs. Right. Cravings yep. or or exhaustion or not sleeping well or um, digestion problems like those are all kind of signs that and hives, like you said, you know, mm -hmm. some skin skin type of uh, issues, too. Those are yeah. signs that, oh, 
probably need to add something into what I'm eating to give me some more nutrition. Exactly. And it took me years to actually realize that's where a lot of mine was coming from. Now, you know, some of it was actually coming from external factors. Like I realized that I'm extremely highly allergic to formaldehyde. Mm. And, you know, that's what really started me on my health journey because not only with food, but we don't realize what we put on our skin Mm. gets absorbed in our skin. And ladies, a lot of the makeup you wear, let me tell you a secret. It has formaldehyde in it. You might want to check that. Yeah. Not a good feeling. Yeah. And when you start realizing and start taking control of your health and start realizing what you're eating, how you're eating it, and feeling how you're eating, instead of going from, okay, I got a diet or quote unquote sabotage yourself. Mm. then we put that power back on us because then we're empowered to make those decisions, to make those choices. And I find once we not necessarily get control of our diet, because I think that that for a lot of people would be a negative connotation because it sort of sounds like it's restrictive, Mm. but taking the reins and empowering yourself and knowing what you can do to empower your life and to improve your life I think for me is what really got me to understand and to really take control of what to me was becoming out of control because it was so bad that if I would just walk on the floor without my shoes on and just walked on something like a little pea gravel my feet would swell up I mean, it was that bad. My body was just so overran with all of this stuff. And it took me, which I know a lot of people don't recommend this. So I know that you probably don't recommend this either, but it just depends on the person. But I'd done a nine day juice fast to really reset my body because it was that overloaded with toxins that it was just insane. And it literally took that nine day reset for me to reset my body to the point to where I didn't have to take Benadryl every night. I mean, I literally had to take Benadryl every night because if I didn't, I wouldn't sleep because I was scratching that bad. I mean, it was insanely bad. And I did that for 10 years. Wow. The toxicity buildup. Yeah. 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 And And it was really bad. And I didn't realize how bad it was until I healed myself from it. And I was going to like, I'm never going to go back to that. So now I'm paying attention to what my body's telling me now. And I'm like, okay, I need to reboot, reset and, you know, start slowly healing my body back because now I know. Right. And it's, and I think not only food, right. And it is, it is all of the way we treat ourselves, you know, with our self-care, Um, with our own language and dialogue around ourselves, with how we feel um, about ourselves in in relationship with other people, all of those things make, make, can make a big impact on our health and our wellness. And especially right now with everything that's been going on for the last couple of years, right? There's so many external circumstances that are um, uncertain. There's so much uncertainty and that's external stress 
that we can't really do anything about, but we can do something about our internal stress, like our anxiety, like our, like our food intake, like how we're treating our bodies how we're treating ourselves, how we're, how we're talking to ourselves. I think that's a big piece of a lot of, a lot of the work I do is about how we're talking to ourselves and how mean we can be. Right. And, and we are our, our own worst critics when it comes to everything. I like to tell people when they do that kind of self-talk, I'm going like, would you go and tell that to somebody to their face? Or would you write it down on their person permanently? And when, when I tell them and it's like, and they see it like that, they're going like, there's no way I would tell somebody if I heard somebody talk to somebody like that, I'll turn around and deck them. Oh, yeah. I'm like, then why do you talk to yourself that way? I know. And it's so automatic for so many people. Right. Yeah. And how can we, how can we bring a spotlight onto that and say, wait a minute, is that helpful? Mm, yeah. Not so much. <laughs> no, and it's not. Yeah. And we do it to ourselves. Um, sometimes I call it the negative committee in your head. Sometimes you got to throw that negative committee and tell them bye. Say thank you, but your stay is no longer welcome. Yeah. Bye. I love that. I have a um I have a neighborhood, so it's a very similar, right? I have a neighborhood in my head. <laughs> and I'm exactly. saying thanks for sharing, but you know, I am going to go listen to these people over here. I have to gather a whole new crew of people in my head so that they they come moving into my neighborhood. <laughs> I send love that. On, send the others on their way, like you said. Yeah, I love that. Build, build your neighborhood like the Mister Rogers neighborhood. Those yes. of us that are old enough know what we're talking about. Damn, yes. just a little bit. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> so, talking yeah. with that, yeah. and I'm probably going to bring up a um, probably a, a subject that a lot of women don't talk about when you're talking about intuitive eating when. It, us ladies get to a certain point in our lives because I'm starting to go through that particular process. And those of us that are getting a little bit older and going through that process of what I call maturing, because I, I, I'm not going to call it the other, <laughs> but I think I find the way that we intuitively eat changes as well as we're going through those different stages. Absolutely. And to, to be okay with loving a food and then hating a food or having one food not be okay before. And now it is okay for your body. Our bodies are always changing, right? Our bodies will always look different as we age So things change in our bodies as we age and things change with our tastes as we age. I'm always shocked when something that I've been eating forever, all of a sudden doesn't settle with me. And I'm, I just, why is that? And, and really just being okay with whatever happens, happens and and continuing to tune in and say, well, maybe next week it'll be better. Maybe it won't. (laughs) It's just day to day, one day at a time. And, see how things work for you, but our bodies are always, always going to change. That's why it's hard to set yourself up for a goal of a specific body because it's always going to change. 
Yes. You know. And it does. I mean, those of us that, you know, have went through pregnancies, your body changes. Those yeah. of us, you know, that might have went through some really bad medical trauma, your mm -hmm. body changes. So life happens and it's just giving yourself that peace and that knowledge that no matter where you're at in your life, no matter whether you are younger or pregnant or not pregnant or, you know, going through midlife changes or going through medical changes, those type of things is still learning how to love yourself where you're at in the moment and giving yourself that grace because you're right. Your taste does change. I used to hate coffee. Now I love coffee. <laughs> and, you know, it's those things like that. I'm going like some of the things that I used to love to eat and I try to eat now and I'm going like, Oh my God, that's so sweet. It's like eating pure sugar, mm -hmm. you know, and it's those things that as we change, it's being okay with it because if we stayed the same life, I don't think would be nearly as interesting. Absolutely. And to roll with those changes, right. To, to ride the waves, as they say, yeah. you know, of the changes of our lives, because all of that's one thing that's steady is change. Change is always going to happen. And how can, and you are worthy and deserving, you know, to step into whatever you, whatever or wherever you are yeah. um, in, in any moment of any day. So I, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I think about how we can, every day we can turn the page of our book and it's a new page and it's a new chapter and we can write whatever we want. So <laughs> I love that. It sort of brings me into mind. Um, I think the author is actually Stephen King. So, but I'm not going to bring it into that realm of the quirky, weird, the way he writes, but he had one of his characters literally wrote his own story and was writing his story as you were reading the story. So you can do that with your life. You can always rewrite your story no mm -hmm. matter what. It doesn't matter. You can continue to rewrite your story until your very last breath. Absolutely. And that's what I tell people. Don't, don't let your age dictate what you think you can and cannot do. Absolutely. I love that. That's great so, advice. You know, stepping yeah. into right now. And I, Wayne Dyer talks about the morning and the afternoon of our lives. And I think that there's a morning and an afternoon and an evening and everything just, it flows from one to the, to the next. And things are just going to change as we, our values change, the way we walk through the world changes, the way we think changes. And all those things are, you know, allowing yourself that grace, like you say, to, yeah. to be okay with whatever it is. Definitely. Yeah. I love Wayne Dreyer, by the way. Yeah. He's one of he's one of my favorites. I still listen to a lot of his things. For those of you that are listening, if you don't know who Wayne Dreyer is, you are missing out, number one. So go watch some of his videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. One of his favorite things that um, he talks about ego and he talks about edging God out. So mm -hmm. I'm not making this episode religious, mm -hmm. but we do have a way of edging out our higher self because we think we know and guys, ladies, gentlemen, there is so much help that you just don't know. And whether that help be here on earth side or not on earth side, mm -hmm. 
there is so much. And I think when we go through these changes and especially when we look at our bodies and we look at all the changes that our bodies go through, I mean, just like we were talking about the last couple of years, you know, some of us, me included, put on more than just the COVID-15. It was more like COVID-15 <laughs> because we allowed ourselves Instead of taking a step back, we got all in the turmoil mm -hmm. and, you know, stressed out going like, oh my goodness, you know, what is, you know, what is going to happen? And it's okay to have those feelings. And I think that's where a lot of us were going like trying to shut off those feelings because you didn't know how to deal with it. Because for a lot of us, first time you've ever been in a pandemic, you're going like, what the crap do you do? Uh, yeah, exactly. And you're, <laughs> you know, for some of us, it's going like, okay, let's, let's go get those chips and whatever we were going to eat. Yeah. But now, you know, now that things are settling down and I tell a lot of people, and I know I'm going off on a little bit of tangent, quit watching so much freaking news people turn it off mm -hmm. because right. all you're doing is increasing your stress level you're increasing your fear level which turns around and increases your cortisol level which increases your need to eat mm -hmm. and it just creates that vicious cycle and then before you know it we've gained the covid 30 50 whatever, whatever. it is mm. Mm -hmm. And then now we're going like, well, how do we deal with this? And then I tell people it's just one day at a time, just like everything else. It takes nine months to grow a baby. Mm -hmm. So do you really think at one day that you're going to change how you look? Right. No, no. Right. It takes time. Be mm -hmm. graceful to yourself. Yeah. Give yourself grace. Give yourself time. Because one of the things when we're talking about the mentality of things is giving yourself that room, giving yourself that room to feel those feelings. That is one reason why we as Americans and what I call the sad diet, which is the standard American diet, we don't give ourselves room to feel. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And instead of doing that, we're continuing just to eat and eat and eat. And sometimes for some people, we eat ourselves to death, literally. Yeah. And that, I think that the emotion piece is a really big, um, it's, it's, a, it's the same with how we grow up feeling about our bodies or ourselves. We grow mm -hmm. up feeling certain, certain ways about emotions. We have beliefs that this emotion is bad or we shouldn't feel this or we shouldn't do that. And that's, that has perpetuated in our culture. And so mm -hmm. um, crying is wrong you know, you shouldn't cry or, or you shouldn't get angry or shouldn't get frustrated. And how can, how can we actually utilize those emotions for, for our better being, you know, can we allow ourselves to feel them and not make them take us over? You know, I read, um, I can't remember who it was, but you know, an emotion, if we don't attach, attach a story to it, actually lasts about 90 seconds, right? So the emotion itself, if we allow it and we feel it and we, and we don't try to push it out or dismiss it or turn it off, will dissipate. But it's all the stories that we start telling ourselves in our head and it's no wonder and I can't believe I did that and all the other stuff that gets it to stay day after day after day after day. Yep. And that's, you know, 
there's a there's a something I, I wrote on social media about how much have you pushed down in order to show up, right? Yeah. As somebody else. Yeah. And, and we need to Definitely. allow allow ourselves to feel. So yeah. that's a really good point. Yeah, exactly. So as we get ready to wrap this up, I always ask our guests, what is one last nugget that you can give our listeners and our viewers? I think the biggest one is that you have choice. You have choice um, to question your beliefs, question the way you feel about yourself, question with compassion the way you see food or the way you see exercise or the way you see the news question, you know, and know that you have a choice to either choose to do something or you can choose not to. You can yeah. choose not to, to step into the beliefs that you may have grown up with. And, yeah. you know, and you can choose the ones that work for you and then let go of the other ones. So exactly. that I think is a, I think is a, once I realized I had choice, I'm like, whew, that freed me up quite a bit yeah. with a lot of things. It does. Choices. Choice is huge. And I think once we realize that and we can choose, and I realize that today because I'm working on a signature coaching program and I'm going like thinking I had to do all of these things. And once I realized, oh, wait a minute, you can take it a step at a time. You don't have to do all the things that you think you have to do. Mm. And then once you realize that you can let that go and you feel that stress just like melt away, go away. And then you're able to just like, okay, now I can do this because now you made it manageable. So I love how you said that. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And this has been freaking awesome. I've absolutely loved it. I think people really, like I said, at the beginning of our talk, people really need to hear this. For those that are watching the replay, comment down below and really think about what Anna is talking about. Go visit her at shapingperspective.com. And I know that I have that up there. Where else can they find you? Um, well, on Facebook, I have a private, a private community called the Body Joyful Revolution, which is all about um, just being more comfortable and confident in your body, wherever it might be. And it's, it, we talk about intuitive eating and we talk about a different perspective around, you know, changing the conversation around food and eating and body so that it's not the way society kind of throws it down our throat, especially right now. So people can find me there. Um, any of your listeners, if they would like a free um, online version of my book, if they just, uh, if they write and at thebodyjoyful.com, I'll send out a free copy of the book um, because that is about it is the story of shifting the way you talk to yourself and the way you see yourself and how there is hope and healing <laughs> possible yeah. for all of yes. us. So Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll add one more thing to that. If you don't know how strong your words are, mm -hmm. I highly recommend that you go check out Dr. Emoti. He is a Japanese scientist and he has an experiment that he has done on where he has talked to water. And it's amazing to see how water responds to negativity, mm -hmm. to anger, 
to all the things and then how it actually responds to happiness, to love. Your body is made out of a lot of water, mm. a whole lot more water than what is solid. Mm-hmm. So what do you think happens? So I challenge y'all for this New Year's, go check him out. Go check out Anne because your life will change. Your life will shift. So, Anne, I appreciate you coming on because it's been wonderful. Thank you. It's been great to talk to you and, and be part of this conversation. So thank you. And thank you to all your listeners, too. Appreciate, appreciate what you do. So thanks. Awesome. Thank you. You as well, because a lot of women need to hear that they are worth it no matter where they're at in their life. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Mm. You're welcome. So everyone, as I love to sign off, whether you know it or not, whether you believe in it or not, you are loved, you are the beacon of hope, and you are unstoppable. Everyone, have a good night. We will see you back here, I think, on Monday. I have another guest, and we will see you then. Until then, have a good one. Bye. <laughs>